Today we're going to learn uh, from the Bible about a nation of people who spent 40 years camping. 40 years camping. Uh, and they were always then hiking around to new campsites. And sometimes they just got sick and tired of the food that they were eating. And sometimes they had a hard time finding enough water. And, uh, and then after 40 years, God says, it's finally time. It's finally time to go to the promised land. And of course, to me, that's the best part of camping is going home. But, but all the adults who started uh, this 40-year camping trip, all of them have died. And those who were kids at the beginning are now adults. They have kids of their own. And they are the generation that's going to move on and go to their new home in the promised land. So Moses, he meets with this younger generation. Of course, now, by now, Moses is very old. And he knows that he's not going to be going with them. God has told him that. He's, going to, he, he's looking out at the promised land from the top of Mount Pisgah, and he knows that he's going to die there on Mount Pisgah. So Moses belongs to the former generation, but he really cares. He cares deeply about this younger generation. And he knows that their success is going to depend on... Um, their faith in the Lord, and their obedience to the Lord, right? Their success depends on their faith in the Lord and their obedience to the Lord. So Moses takes the time to invest in them, and he teaches them God's ways, and he warns them about straying from God and what will happen if they do, and he tells them the rewards of staying faithful. And then he also encourages Joshua and prepares him to be their, their new leader. And Moses knows that this, this younger generation, they're going to have to do better than, than his generation did. His generation, they, they messed up so bad. They were, they were fickle. They were not faithful. And that's why they had to spend 40 years camping in the wilderness. Now, I have entered what is likely to be my last decade as a pastor. And yet I am determined that this will be my best decade in, in leading fruitful, disciple-making ministry. I believe that, that this will be my best decade in leading fruitful, disciple-making ministry, and that means passing it on to younger generations. Some of you uh, represent the senior generation of our church. And uh, we're kind of like Moses. We know that we're not going to make it all the way there. In this case, maybe all the way to mid-century. But the younger people will. And being a disciple for them... A disciple of Jesus is not going to be easy because already there's, there's sort of a growing pervasive distrust in things related to church and faith and religion. And it's easy to get caught up in that, just be swept up into it. And so what do we do? I believe we have to listen well. And we have to be ready to confess 
our faults and when we failed to be the kind of church we needed to be, the kind of Christians we could have been, and, and we have to pray, pray, pray. And yet I also know that so many of you in our senior generation, uh, you, you, you're the ones who have been carrying this church. And you've been faithful in serving and faithful in worshiping and faithful in giving and faithful in praying. And so here's what I would say. Whatever your age, whatever your age, I urge you to invest in younger generations. Would you do that? Invest in younger generations than you because this world is a spiritual battlefield and we've got to enter that battle with them and for them. Now you'll find uh, on the, the back of your bulletin, uh, if you'll look there, you'll find our five values, okay? Um, and one of those is generational. You can see that one, the generational. And so I would like for us to re read that together, the statement under generational, shall we? We bring children, students, and adults together as we follow Jesus. That's who we are. That's the kind of church Faith Westwood is committing to being. That's our identity, is to be a generational body of Christ. So what we're going to do now is we're going to hear from a couple of our church members who have finished high school. They're in college now. And uh, they sent us, uh, each of them sent us a video. So we're going to hear from Mila Serefko and Natalie Zook. So let's watch. Hello, my name is Mila Serefko. I'm a freshman at the University of Nebraska at Kearney. And this August, I recently started school. So um, the one thing from Faith Westwood that has really helped me in my transition is the sense of community that I felt there. It was so strong. So I knew that I needed to find that here in college. So immediately I joined a youth group, uh, joined a Bible study so I could feel that closeness with other Christians and fellowship together. Another thing um, is that just falling back on what I've been taught, you know, as I'm presented with all these new ideas has really kept me grounded. And then another thing that really helped me in this transition to all, you know, all this new experiences has been um, or was the mission trips during high school that I went on got me out of my comfort zone got me in a whole new environment so that really helped me and then of course Pastor Steve always says that um, we're called to be deep during daily cycles so in these stressful moments um, just falling back on the word has given me peace and just having being daring and having a boldness to just accept him, accept that he's enough in my life has really given me a peace. So. Hi, I'm Natalie Zook. I'm a sophomore studying elementary education and special education at Northwest Missouri State. Um, I've pretty much been a Faith Westwood kid all my life. I started out in the nursery and I never left. Um, when I was in Sunday school, we were immediately grouped off um, by our ages. So the group of students that were in my grade um, just became this tight-knit group. We went through third grade Bible together and the Acolyte program. And then we went off to middle school. And as we were going through this crazy weird time of our life um, called middle school, um, we were going through it together. 
we went on mission trips and retreats and we went through the confirmation process and we got to learn more about our faith um, and confirm it in front of the whole congregation. And then as we went on to high school, um, we were still the same small group that I had had. Um, and we just formed an even tighter community as we were deciding where we were going for college and what was next in our life. Um, those same girls were there for me. By the time I was graduating, I had been with some of these girls for 13 years. For 13 years, I had seen them every week to talk about my highs and my lows and to grow deeper in my faith. Um, so when I went off to college, I didn't have that anymore. And it was very weird, um, but I knew that I wanted that community again. Within the first week, I found an on-campus ministry that I really liked. Um, I now attend weekly worship there, and I'm actually co-leading a Bible study. And I have found that community here on my college campus. And having a community of people um, to grow in your faith with just makes things so much easier. But if it wasn't for the community of Faith Westwood, then I would have never found this community here at Northwest. That's powerful, isn't it? That's, and beautiful, too. Well, I, you see, uh, while the video is going on, three people appeared. And uh, they're all wearing the Faith Westwood uniform. And so to my far left, we have Holly Timberlake and then Polly Pierce, Leah Donoso. Uh, they are staff members at our church. So I'm going to let, uh, let you all tell them what you do. And tell us also what you love about your, your role here at Faith Westwood. I'm Leah Donoso, and I'm the director of children's ministry. And my favorite part of my job is seeing God and seeing worship through the eyes of the, our kids. Um, how much joy they have and that they get out of it. And we have so much fun doing it too. Uh, yes, I'm Holly Pierce, and I'm the director of student ministries here. And my job is. This is somewhat of a simple answer, but it's our students. Um, like, they make my job awesome. Um, but more specifically, I like watching them have their aha moments. You will see um, on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night or when we're serving or on a mission trip, you'll see, like, this light bulb go off in their head and they get something. And so being present for that makes my job awesome. My favorite thing about my job is I feel like I get a front row seat to all of you doing ministry and serving people. Okay, so uh, today we're going to kind of share our panel conversation here around a couple of questions. So you'll, let's put the first one up here on the screen. How are we seeing God at work in a way that we can celebrate in this upcoming generation, kind of the younger generations so wh what are we seeing one of the things that I would like to celebrate is how warm and welcoming and friendly Faith Westwood is on Sunday morning we welcome people in the front door we're just so glad that they're here and another thing that I think is just awesome about Faith Westwood when it comes to reaching the next generation is the spaces that you all have invested in. Brad Stock was talking about that today. If you haven't seen the children's ministry area or the children student ministry area, it's a beautiful space. And it's just wonderful to invite our children and students to be a part of ministry there. I would agree. Thank you. That it's a blessing, a huge blessing to work in such a space. So thank you. Um, uh, something that I would celebrate is the fact of what we're doing um, with students and 
well, the fact that they're serving. Um, I love that where students are at and love, love, love to serve. Um, we know that it was such an important part to what we do with students that, um, that we're making a focus on it this year. We've, um, we've had a parent who has um, agreed to walk beside us and create opportunities for our students to serve. Um, again, we, we just sort of put two and two together and we decided that this was important for us. And so we haven't, we've only been in student ministry for two months now, but um, we know that we have a plan going forward and excited to see how it's going to play out in the upcoming months of serving people in the church and ministries within the church, but also getting outside of Faith Westwood and serving people in our community and, and serving people in Omaha. So super excited about that. And I like to celebrate when I hear about the great conversations that are going on in the kids' small groups. I heard from a small group leader that they were talking about forgiveness and friends and how hard that is sometimes. And then they moved on to talking about Jesus and forgiving us and how hard that must have been too. And he died on a cross for us, you know. And one of the children piped up and said, well, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was his love for us in order to forgive us. So that was, that's a great thing to celebrate, hearing those things. And I also like to celebrate um, big events like third grade Bible that went on last week. We gave 17 third graders their Bible and all the excitement and anticipation around that and the parents investing in that time with their children to go through the Bible and do activities. And it was just so exciting to see all of that. And also Trunk or Treat, a big community event where we invite our neighbors to come join us for lots of fun, and the whole church comes together, and I just love to see that. It's so exciting. You know, if I could add just to that a little bit, is that I, I see that um, so many of our, especially our students, are engaged in our church, and not just in youth ministry, not just in student ministry, uh, but in a lot of ways. I mean, we've seen some very publicly here, you know, with uh, uh, Elise and Aaron singing, and and then also, but there's some that are behind the scenes. We've got students that are helping set up sound and, and do some of the tech work upstairs and, and, uh, and then also serving in, in nursery and in children's ministry. And you just kind of look throughout our church and you continue to find ways that students are plugged in, not just as receivers of student ministry, but, and, and not just as a way we can plug in young people, but they're just serving as people, just as themselves. And I think there's, that's a really valuable thing in our church because they realize that they're not just pigeonholed, they're a part of it all. So anyway, we can move uh, the, out of the celebrating, but also talk now about the challenges uh, that our, our children and students face um, and how we can prepare them for the challenges they will face. I want, I want to make you think first. Um, so I want you to think back to an early childhood memory um, of at church or at school. Think of, a, think of one or two things that had a big impact on you. So then I'm going to have you raise your hands. I know this is like school. I'm sorry. But if your childhood memory was of a craft or a game, raise your hand. Anybody? Those are fun and they're cool. They're not usually life-changing. Um, what about a particular Bible story or a lesson? Raise your hand if that was your biggest memory. All right, those are important too. Not what we usually tend to remember, but how about a special event or a field trip? Those can be a big memory, good or bad. Yep, those too. 
Um, and our last one, how about a person? Raise your hand if a person was your most vivid memory of your childhood. Yeah, there's lots of hands going up. Because people investing in kids, people investing in people, is so powerful. And that makes me think of a speaker I was listening to recently. She walked into a church, and the big banner hanging up in this church said that whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. And I thought, wow, that is really powerful. I want, I want to be that person. I want that for my kids. I want that for my grandkids. And I know all of you want that for our kids and our students here, too. We want them. We want to invest in them. And um, Psalm 78 um, talks about how God wants us to serve and impact the next generation, investing in them. And it says, um, verses 4 through 8 say, We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children. So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Thanks, Leah. I too want to reach the next generation, and I find it really challenging. Um, some of the challenges that I think that we are facing is uh, we, that we live in a complicated world with a lot of information. Um, things pulling at our kids and our students. And um, I believe that the only way that we're going to reach the next ge generation is if we're willing to go out and fight for them and run after them. It makes me think of the good shepherd that left the 99 to run after the one. Um, also, I was thinking of Matthew 18 when the question is posed, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And um, he called a little child to him and placed a child among them. And he said, truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. Pastor Steve recently preached about going the extra mile. And I think that the people that are really reaching our next generation are people that are willing to go to the, the extra mile. They're not just here at worship on Sunday morning. They're doing other things. And, you know, this is really a hard thing to talk about because I have three kids over there that are listening to me. So um, I was thinking, I'm like, oh, these are some really great points. How am I doing on this? Um, so how can we prepare them for what's next? And the first thing, and probably the hardest thing for me, is be available. I think um, we are so busy. Our schedules are full. I'm sorry, Steve, I said busy. Um, we have work, and we have stresses, financial stresses, and family stresses, and relationship stresses, and to just be available is the first thing that I think that we need to be. And then um, the people that are reaching the next generation, they listen. They're listening to the stories. They're getting to know the favorite things about the, the people's lives. And then um, pray. And this, I was with a group of people recently that seemed to be concerned that they didn't have a way to reach other people, a way to serve in ministry. And um, I think sometimes we underplay how important 
praying for people are. Um, pray for the people in the foyer. Pray for the people in front of you, um, beside you on Sunday morning. Pray for your next-door neighbor. Um, go into the front yard and um, pray for them. So um, don't diminish your prayer life and the discipline of that. And then um, the last one um, that I think is probably the most challenging is go to them. Go to their concerts. Go to the theater productions. Go to their concerts. Go to the backyard if your kid, there's a kid in the backyard next door. Um, go to where they are. I like that. Go to where they are. And I think Mila and Natalie spoke to that, of speaking about community in their videos. Um, they both um, experienced such, um, such a community here at Faith Westwood that they knew that that was going to be important for them to be successful when they left their home. And so they both talked about it. They both said, we knew that it was important. We had it when we were at Faith Westwood, this community, this, this church family, um, people that we knew that we could go to and talk with um, outside of our, like, our family of origin, our, our close-knit family. Um, but we had those people that we could connect with, and I knew that was important enough that I needed to find that out right away when I got to school. And so I think about what does community look like here? What, how do we emulate community? What is that thing that we do that shows that we are a church family to the person that's sitting next to us, um, that's sitting behind us, um, in front of us, where, whatever the case may be, but what is that thread that, that speaks to us as community? Is it saying hello? Is it going to concerts? Is it um, having a conversation with somebody maybe that you don't know, introducing yourself to somebody? All of those things, you may have to answer that for yourself, but I think about what that is, what that, um, that thread is. Leah asked about the people that have walked with us when we were little ones, right? I can remember a Sunday school teacher that I could talk to anything about, that he was my person, and um, made an impact on my life. And that was community to me in my church home growing up. So what does community look like here? A question that you can ponder. Um, Leah, or Holly, Holly over here, Holly talked about also um, this, this thing that students are stressed out. Students have so many voices that are speaking to them or calling to them to, to be, to do, to excel, right? Um, even 10 years ago, I won't tell, I mean, a little bit more than that, but when I was in high school, I didn't have social media. I didn't have Facebook. I didn't have all of, um, all of social media to, to talk to me, to, to give me messages. These students today do. And I think even as adults, we, we struggle with social media ourselves and what voice is telling us. So even think about it um, from the student's perspective or a children's perspective, like what kind of voice are they getting spoken to? What, what is that thing that they are constantly hearing from outside voices? So what kind of voice do we have with our children, with our students? Another question to ponder. I'm a pondering sort of person. I ponder questions often. Um, so I say that to, to maybe answer with this question, with this answer, is I think it's important to model um, for our children, for our students, what community looks like. Um, Steve talked earlier about faith and obedience. 
What does faith and obedience look like in my life that I can show and invite a student, a child into to walk with? Scripture talked about um, encouraging and strengthening. That was the word that was used um, for Joshua in the new upcoming generation. So what does it look like to encourage and to strengthen our children and students today? And I would even add the word equip. How can we equip our children and students so that they are better prepared for when they leave the house, when they leave the normal, the normal tight-knit community that we have created, that they know how to go and create again um, a community that will equip them, encourage them, and strengthen for then the next journey of their life, whatever that is. Lots of questions. I'm sorry. All right. (laughs) Well, um, to kind of wrap our discussion up, I would uh, like to propose a statement here and uh, invite you to uh, repeat back to me phrase by phrase as sort of our affirmation today. So, I'll, I'll give it a little bit and you repeat after me. Are you ready? I have a crucial role, a crucial role. To, encourage and strengthen to encourage and strengthen a younger generation, a younger generation. to become deep, daring, daily disciples. You know, yesterday at this wedding I was telling you about, that I I did the wedding on the boat, but then we went back to the house, and there were about 100 people there who who were guests for the reception. And I bumped into a friend that I haven't gotten a chance to talk to in years. And uh, he's a a grandpa now, a grandpa of four. And he was telling me that, you know, he used to volunteer at his, his church's vacation Bible school, and he took a little break for a while, but... Now he's back, and he's serving there at, in BBS again, um, even though he's older than, than most, but he, say, he realizes that he, he has a role to play. He has a crucial role to play for these young kids, and not just his own children and grandchildren, but for all of the, the kids who are a part of his church. So... I think uh, it's a great thing to realize what, what gift we have and God is saying, find a way to pass that on. Find a way. Be a part of something where you can build up and strengthen and encourage a younger generation. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, um, some of us are beginning to see this even more clearly, how important this is that... Um, that we have something to share, just like every generation has had, to pass on. Um, and so we, we ask that you will give each one of us uh, an opportunity, an inspiration of where we can do that, or how, a number of ways that we can do that. Well, Lord, whatever our ages are, uh, show us some way we can pass this on to someone who's younger that we can encourage them, give them love and hope and truth and uh, preparation for the days to come. And so we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.